You're listening to the North Peace Roundtable Podcast, your weekly podcast about theology and the Christian life. Episode 111, 111. Uh, 111. Uh, is that a biblical number? No. Um, <laughs> it can be. It, we can make anything <laughs> a biblical number. <laughs> But uh, thanks for tuning in to the North Peace Roundtable Podcast. My name is Andrew, and with me, as always, is Cameron. Good morning, everyone. And Corlin is not here today. Corlin is sick today, and we were going to poke fun, and but maybe we won't. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> He's not feeling good. So <laughs> yeah. We said it's your, your closest friends that make fun of you when you're sick, right? That's right. I texted him this morning and i was thinking you know let us know if you need anything then i thought well you got like 1400 family members within eight kilometers so <laughs> i probably fare pretty low on the help you out poll but the well actually there. he texted this morning it was like yeah we uh we made it home from the emergency room last night and your text was like so you can't make it to the podcast <laughs> sounds like you're home <laughs> yeah i mean what else are you doing <laughs> but anyways <clears throat> Thanks for tuning in, and this is actually going to be our last episode of the podcast for four months. So, which is funny because if you Google the biblical meaning of the number one hundred and eleven, it's like the number one hundred and eleven is a symbol of the Holy Trinity. <coughs> oh, uh, I could see that one, one, one. And the uh, phrase ends by saying it may indicate new beginnings and the start of something good. <laughs> So this is the last episode for <laughs> the start of something good. <laughs> a few yeah. people listening are like, yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, freeing up your week. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So, yes, I am uh, actually going on sabbatical starting Monday for four months. So uh, we had talked about, um, you know, can we keep the podcast going? And when Corlin was still working at the church, he was like, oh, maybe I'll just learn how to use the equipment and have special guests on. But uh Corlin no longer works at the church, so this will be the last episode for a while, so you can go back and listen to all 111 episodes <laughs> again, and then come September, we'll fire up the podcast again, So, but that leads us to the topic for this morning, so we actually want to discuss uh, what is a sabbatical, because uh, some of you listening might not be church people and even some church people might be like huh what what is a sabbatical because i'm going on a sabbatical for four months is that a uh, we joke is that a oh andrew's going on a four-month vacation sounds nice or like what is it what is the purpose behind it where did the idea come from it's like crocodile dundee you're going on a walkabout i'm going on a walkabout (laughs) (laughs) i don't know where i'm going but i'll be back in four months (laughs) all i remember that's not a knife (laughs) (laughs) but uh and to just talk about like what is there you know is the idea of sabbatical like biblical does it come from the bible is it strictly for pastors like just kind of talk about all that kind of stuff and then even to share some uh plans that uh, i have for my sabbatical and kind of what we're hoping to get out of it and then uh cam hopefully will share a little bit too of you know he's was in what whatever you want to call it paid ministry for uh a long time and uh share some of his experience from that but i don't know i would be interested uh when you hear the word sabbatical sure um when you first presented the idea to the elders and 
uh, referenced, you know, our church policy of having this um, opportunity available for for ministers who've stayed. I think the policy is seven or eight years at this point, or it's seven. It's seven, yeah. And then uh, the reason that you're in year nine right now is jumping during the midst of COVID didn't feel like the most appropriate or I did joke. I'm like, wouldn't that have been hilarious uh, two years ago to be like, I, I, actually, guys, I'm going to go on a sabbatical right now. <laughs> Bad yeah. timing. <laughs> yeah, during the most uh, tumultuous maybe time in our, our church's recent history. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, when you first mentioned it, I thought, it, I, I didn't really think much of it because I had grown up, you know, funny enough, not grown up in a... Um, in a space where that was a thing, having come from a super charismatic background. But I think somewhere over the last five years, just learning a little bit more about rest and a little bit yep. more about um, recharging and personal development and, and personal growth and how, you know, it could be limited under the current weight uh, of the responsibility of ministry. And so, yeah, I didn't think much of it. It just seemed like natural. Yeah. Uh, funny enough, you know, I would be the, the, the source of many of the jokes, right? Enjoy your four month vacation, <laughs> knowing the whole time that, you know, there is a deeper meeting. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And that, I would expect nothing less. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but there could be those who, who, yeah, you're, you, you might hear that thought and you're like, wow, you know, that must be nice. I, I've got a pretty stressful job or, you yeah. know, the, you know, I have a lot of responsibility that, wow, it, it would be nice to <clears throat> maybe st- take a step back from that for some time. Maybe forgetting, you know, that, you know, sometimes we we align ourselves with careers that that have that as an opportunity or that don't. Um, mm-hmm. So for you, I guess, you know, when you came to this church and you learned about that, did you think about it right away, or had you forgot about it for some time? You're like, oh right. Or how about yeah. your experience? Yeah, I had I had heard about sabbaticals before because I mean I grew up in church world. My dad's a pastor, and my parents were missionaries, and gone to church my whole life and I would hear different, you know, I would have friends that, you know, even when I was a youth pastor, you know, a friend would say, I'm actually going on a month sabbatical. And so I've heard of these kind of things of like, okay, and it's a, it's an extended leave of a, of a pastor or a missionary. Uh, it's funny, my, uh, m- growing up, my parents were missionaries. So we would have furlough is what they called it, which was basically they would leave the mission field sometimes for a year and part of that was they would go and visit their supporting churches, but it was exactly that. Okay, you've been in the mission field for this many years. You're going to go home to your home country and rest. So I, mm-hmm. as a kid, I've already been on sabbatical before. My parents right. did that when I was four or whatever. Which is funny because I thought about that process too, and it does fall in line with some legal requirements of not being citizens in some country where yeah. you do have to come home to your home country to actually get kind of a reset from your government also. Yeah, and you have to be home for a certain amount of time and then you can apply again for a visa and blah, blah, yeah. blah. So so it's funny, actually. This is not my first sabbatical when I was five years old. My <laughs> Yeah, anyways. <laughs> yeah. So um, the mission field in southern, uh, wherever, South America. Yeah, so I had seen and known people that had done sabbaticals and... Uh, when we came here, uh, so that's eight and a half years ago. Uh, September will be nine years. Um, I knew that that policy existed. I think it was explained to me when they were kind of like going through, um, oh, it, yeah, like salary, benefits, right. blah, blah, blah. It was kind of like, oh, yeah, and we have a policy that after seven years you qualify for a uh, up to four-month 
uh, sabbatical, which is essentially like a paid, we pay your salary, but you have, you're not, you don't have any responsibilities mm-hmm. at the church for four months. So I was just kind of like, Oh, interesting. Uh, I had never thought of taking one because I think it was like, I'm, I'm 27 sabbatical. I'm never going to need one and, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. But like you said, um, the last few years have been very difficult and then the idea of like, I, I can remember having this conversation with my wife where it was just kind of like I I was saying, like, there's not a good time to, to go on a break. Creekside, we're planting that and we're just coming out of this kind of like ooh, tricky time. And I remember my wife said something along the lines of like, but yeah, but they're like giving this opportunity to you. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you take it? Like, it's. And I just kind of went, yeah, that's a really good point. So I remember we started being like, well, maybe I'll just do like two months. Let's just do July and August. And then again, my wife, who's very smart, was like, why? Why would you not just, they're giving you the four months. Just take the four months. And I, yeah, you're right. And I think part of it was um, control issues of like, man, if I leave, this place is going to fall apart and the church will close and what are they going to do without me and pride and stuff like that. And then just kind of like, yeah, you know what? If it's like any other kind of benefit, if the church is like, yeah, we want to do this for you. Okay. Um, So that's kind of how we got to where we are now, where it was like, yeah, I think we're going to take May through August off. And then the, the, the anticipation of like having a meaningful extended, time of rest where there's no real responsibility. Like I can legitimately turn my phone off and be like, mm-hmm. sorry, I'm not available. Sure. Um, so that's, um, I guess like, uh, there's lots of different, uh, areas of life that offer sabbaticals. Um, it was, it was funny. I was doing a little research this morning, like in the Christian world, they get the idea from Leviticus 25, which makes me laugh because I'm like, it's not really the same thing. Sure. But they're like, oh, in Leviticus 25, it was like every seven years, they were supposed to let the, the ground lie. Uh, what's the word for that? Uh, they weren't supposed to like plant anything in the sure. ground, give it a year's break. And I think then they're like, and that's why pastors have sabbaticals. <laughs> right. Which is funny, <clears throat> I read that and saw that reference also and uh, thought about my, you know, I had a, grew up farming and um, hadn't been in that world for over 20 years, but remember actually f- rest fields and like, you know, the, yeah. the year they would just plant grass or something like just to let it chill, right? And it's funny because you see that reference and there could be something there around rest and of course they, they you know, the, the the word originates under the idea of Sabbath, which of course is rest. I, yeah, I do think it's a tiny bit of a stretch to sure. say um, that our modern, um, you know, church structure is based on that, considering it would have been like another 2,000 years before <laughs> church structure <laughs> took any kind of shape as it is in today. Yeah. And I thought about, yeah, there's other industries, of course, like tenured professors in university that also um, have opportunity for these development months or these, uh, yep. these ref- you know, for reflection times. And essentially the, the <clears throat> core essence of that is that we have this person, maybe we're bringing them here. We're going to kind of like soak them straight for six or seven years and then they're going to need to like go and, and re- yeah. renew. But, um, and, and so that's just an interesting concept, that idea of, of 
understanding that uh, bringing a person to our institution or our community uh, from their home uh, is is a bit of a like I almost consider like an urban mission field right and the more I thought about you know your origins in Fort St. John and coming up you know having moved from the lower mainland and coming to this new place and investing yourself and your family into this new community I can uh, appreciate how that it just makes sense in my mind and I don't know if I would struggle but I think it would be a different thought process for me if there was a born and raised leader that then became pastor in their hometown and everything was familiar always I don't know if that would change well it wouldn't change the fact that there's still an outpouring and a weight of responsibility that we'll get to but yeah I think there's an element of necessity involved in sabbatical when it is like this is not your home. Yeah. It's where you are now and it's the home of your children. But like they're, you know, my wife and I are not from here. Yeah. My wife's not even from this country or this continent. And so there's this always this kind of longing in her for her home. Yeah. And for you and Molly, you know, I know for Molly for a fact that that is uh, this part of the U.S. where her family is. Right. And it's always calling her back. You know, I remember you. Yeah, not for me. I'm dead inside. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, but you're right. A good snowstorm at Christmas (laughs) wouldn't, you know, make you cry (laughs) all evening if you couldn't get down there. I I know, but (laughs) but for you, it's different too. And I think that I could go as far as imagine that when you're in the lower mainland, there's some familiarity that's sure. Oh, this is nice, right? And so. There's something that distances too about your mind. Anyone that's gone on a plane or, or drove past, you know, up to Taylor Hill and out, you're, there's already like this sense of like, wow, like freedom or relax or like this weight lifted. And um, yeah. that's important. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a few uh, misconceptions, right? Um, like you said, I, I was actually really surprised as I started um, googling some stuff about sabbaticals and like where the history of them and yeah uh, it actually started in colleges and uh universities in the 1880s they said it was like very common for professors tenured professors to actually get a year off every Mm -hmm. seven years they would say like okay now you get to go and explore one of your interests do some Mm -hmm. research in the field so it was it was kind of like you're still doing things right? right you're not just sitting on the beach for a year right um but uh and then they said that actually there's they did a, a survey or whatever but like eight, 17 to 18 percent of companies just any companies today offer mm-hmm. some kind of like sabbatical they even call it that a sabbatical plan or benefit mm-hmm. or whatever and they you know they said nike has sabbaticals for their employees and google and all these other kind of big companies where they're like you work here for a certain number certain number of years you get a two month paid mm-hmm. sabbatical to go leave and spend time with family so i just thought that's really interesting and they said that um people are now seeing the benefit of it for mm-hmm. uh keeping your employees long term yeah. and health benefits and all that kind of stuff so anyways not from like a biblical just going that's super interesting that people are going huh human beings need to rest that's right <laughs> So I think there is a few misconceptions. Like one, um, we joked, but the idea of like, oh man, uh, must be nice for Andrew and his family to have a four month vacation. Mm-hmm. Like I've I've heard a few comments like that in like joking sure. in passing. But so to even talk about So like, all jokes originate with a stem of like curiosity or judgment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or <laughs> Uh, ignorance. Sure. I think there's only like three kind of origins for like a good joke, right? So, you know, 
you know, of those I've heard, I think it could be just a little bit of a mix of curiosity or ignorance. Sure. Not like judgment. Yeah. Um, so then to talk about like, okay, so what is the the purpose of a sabbatical? I mean, yes, it is amazing that the, the church has agreed, yeah, we're going to keep paying you mm-hmm. and you actually don't have any responsibilities here. I mean, that's a massive blessing to go, whoa, okay, that's huge. Mm-hmm. But it's not, um, it's not just a, you get four months off. That's sweet. Yeah. Um, it is this kind of very uh, intentional time of rest uh, for a few reasons. And maybe we'll get into this like pastoral ministry or any kind of ministry is really interesting because you're, you're, you're literally, you know, on, on call yep. all the time. Right. Yeah. Um, because that's just part of the job. And, and I want to make sure I'm not like complaining about any of this. I knew what I was no. doing when I signed up. It's like, you're just, things happen and crisis happen and people need counseling and marriages need help and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And it's just kind of like your phone's just kind of always on and you just get called for stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, it's just, it is what it is. And actually, I actually really enjoy that part because I, uh, people need someone. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's kind of like, not that I'm their savior, but it's like, I love being someone that people feel like I can go to Andrew for help and advice. Cause mm-hmm. that's great. I think I have something to offer. So that's great. Um, and I, I'll, I think the push, the the press back would be like it's not even alleviating of all the responsibilities. I almost feel it more like a, from a business lens, it could be like you're you're removed from the operational side of sure. the church business, and you focus on like capital asset planning, like yourself. <laughs> and I any, love the business stuff. Well, <laughs> anyone anyone that's been you know, in a season of very full days, we'll appreciate that everything keeps coming and you have no time to pause and yeah. like actual look at the future or where are we going? Yes. So yeah, this opportunity is not um, remove yourself entirely from ministry. It's actually go discover, learn, grow personally, because if we don't do that, like you are an asset to this community in the sense of your own mental health and well-being, sure. your your own physical health, and your your most importantly spiritual health, and, yeah. and it's just a it's just a known uh, fact in ministry that when you stop focusing on your own spiritual growth, um, there could be challenges. And yeah, one thing I remember, like you, yeah, I I you referenced ministry uh one my biggest challenge in you know 12 years with salvation i mean a few years before that with a a, a christian nonprofit is i remember not giving enough time to my own spiritual development yeah totally but i would read the bible probably more than anyone i knew but it, it was different because like i felt convicted at some point i'd go to work and i'd be paid to like read the bible and prepare devotions yeah and i found myself quickly not doing it for my own fulfillment outside of yep my job and i and that's a really weird space because oh yeah yeah you get developed and you you get you know the fullness of the gospel but there's just this tiny disconnect and i don't know if you felt that or you could speak into it but it's like yeah i'm a professional christian i'm getting paid for this yeah and then when your day goes home and you jump into life you forget that folks that have normal jobs you're a crane operator all day. You know, you might be thinking about, you have to carve out that time in yeah. your evening to go and do what 
yep. ministers do throughout the day. Yeah. So you want to comment on that a little bit, maybe? Yeah, that's really good because I get one of the so uh, sabbatical is this kind of just pulling back from responsibilities, right? So that's one aspect where it's kind of like I'm not going to come to meetings. I'm not going to answer my phone. I'm not on call. That there's one aspect, and I'm glad that you said that because the other aspect is. Um, it's a chance to actually work on your own personal relationship with Jesus. Uh, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, I study the Bible every day, uh, all week, but uh, sometimes it can be hard to separate uh, the work reasons. Sure. And for just for my own personal relationship with Jesus, because I'll tell you, it, for the last nine years, every time I read the Bible, I shouldn't say that. Not every time. That's exaggerating. But a lot of the time it's like, oh, yeah, man, that would be a great. And I'm writing down sermon ideas or like, yeah, I could teach that in that Bible study. And, da, 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 da. and it's really hard, I think, for a lot of people in ministry to kind of separate the I'm actually going to read my Bible and not write any sermons. <laughs> <laughs> and not scribble down or not underline or not highlight or, or like, yeah, not, not plan a Bible study and not do this and that. So I think can I just consume. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Can I just because I'll tell you, like I'm actually uh, quite excited for, um, well, I should say there's two. I love to preach. So there is a part where I'm like, I'm not going to preach for 17 Sundays, right. but it's not healthy that like, my whole identity is like, I must preach. So I think it's actually going to be really good to like step back and go, I'm actually going to read the Bible and I don't have any sermons to prepare. I can just read it and like enjoy it. So there's one aspect of sabbatical, like ministry. They, and I, you know, I was looking up stats and things like that. Like ministry is really hard because a lot of um, pastors and missionaries and blah, blah, blah. There is a lot of like, uh, pouring out spiritually and a lot of people, a lot of pastors would say that their own spiritual lives are really dry because you don't have time to just, just for you or you have to be really intentional. Like sure this time is not to prepare anything, but it's hard. Like I've shared with even when Corlin was working here because um, ministry is so interesting because it's like everything is kind of part of your job, mm -hmm. but not really like, you know, when, when people from the church invite us to come over for dinner, they're inviting the pastor over. Right. So it was like, and Corlin was saying like, so is that, is that part of your, is that work time? I'm like, kind of, but kind of not really. Like yeah. I would go to their house anyways, That's right. but they want to talk about the past and oftentimes church things comes up. Or, it's only work if they kind of insinuate that you pray like, oh, <laughs> yeah. You're the most spiritual. Let me just start my time. I'm on the clock right now. Yeah. But I said, like, it's such an interesting thing. Like, it, is that work? Well, ki kind of, because, like, sure. the being a pastor, it's just kind of all consuming. Like, every part of my life, it feels like, is kind of my job. Yeah. But then not. It's not like when you invite us to come over, I'm like, okay, I'm, right. we're friends. So, of course, I'll come over. And I think I actually remember that because. Um, Tatiana and I got sent to Fort St. John, not as pastors, but leading, right. um, this Christian parachurch, essentially, uh, just a, a lay person in, in ministry. And I remember coming to Fort St. John knowing nobody. Yeah. And right. So, and then even those you're responsible for, there's this, um, 
there's a power imbalance. Uh, it, it's perceived or, or it's real. It, there's just this imbalance. So, you know, I come to Fort St. John and I meet my staff. It's like, well, they seem like very nice people. We could probably f- be friends, but I'm introduced on day one as their boss. So that's a little odd. It, it, it creates a layer right from the beginning. Sure. And then you meet the folks that are coming to devotions and coming to um, chapel. And you're like, well, there's already this. Well, they would be neat to have friends, too. So I remember going and having coffee with most pastors in town. And, and um, you know, you do, the, you do the filter and, and then you end up where you end up. But <laughs> I remember... Um, <laughs> I remember having just like frank conversations about, you know, leadership or ministry. And, and I almost sense like with a couple, you, you included, there was almost like this release where it's like, I don't need you to be my pastor. Like when we yeah, first yeah, met, yeah. like I don't sure. need anything from you, which sounds funny because I, one thing about my former position as I was very well resourced. So I didn't feel yeah, like, yeah. Uh, you know, there was people I could call. Um, there was close connections within that ministry world. So I felt like I didn't, need to find and and it may sound worse than it, it than it's playing in my mind but I, like i didn't need that yeah. shoulder or that rub on my back so then i think the relationship starts differently where sure. it's kind of like oh that's freeing and yep. then maybe as a pastor when you do go to those homes you don't feel like you have to wear the cloak of you know the saintly uh, <laughs> um <laughs> church uh head that's in my home now so you know those that clean i remember remember the best was when like early on peter and ashley bergen it asked us to come over and uh they're one of those couples that they're just friends of ours too so we went and their youngest son seth i remember because we they all their kids knew who we were and so me and molly are like in their living room and then seth comes down the stairs and he kind of freezes and he looks at me goes what are you doing here (laughs) <laughs> it almost died. It almost felt like you know when my kids see their teachers out in public and they're like, "Wait, you buy groceries too? Right, this yeah. is weird." <laughs> well, Natalia, my daughter, I think I remember one time saying to you like, "Ooh, the leader of the church." Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My son on the other hand, I think called you pizza lady. Yes, he did. Hey, what's yeah. up pizza lady? It's like, "Okay, well, you're a little bit too comfortable." That's right. <laughs> That's right. So I think, yeah, I mean, I want to make sure that uh, people aren't hearing that, like, we're complaining about stuff in ministry. It's just the reality of it. There's so much good. And I'll, I'll explain this to people. Like, being a pastor, there's so much good. Like, my my schedule is so flexible. Mm-hmm. And when the girls have stuff at school, I can really easily go and attend it. And mm-hmm. So there's so much good, right? And I see... Um, the positives of people's lives. I get to baptize people and, and uh, do marriages and uh, be with people like through all the best moments of their life. So it's like amazing. But what comes with that is that you get also get a front row seat to everybody's garbage, sure. which also there's, there's um, that there's joy that comes with like working with people through uh, losing a loved one or a marriage or counseling or whatever. But you just get, a front row seat to both. You get to see the best parts of people's lives and then you get to see the worst part. And it's the, it's all of the, the really hard parts of people's lives. And for those that just kind of weighs yeah, on you, that hard stuff doesn't typically happen eight to four Monday to Friday because no, folks yeah. are at work. Yes. And so in Christian ministry, it's often after 5 PM and then all through your weekends and evenings sure. is that when that happens. Sure. And so 
there's this realization that must happen if you are blessed and fortunate enough to have some sort of normalcy in your schedule that, you know, when you go home, you're home. And if you think of trades, I, I having come from ministry, I, I, I reluctantly, you know, will text someone if there's an issue. And sure, this sounds terrible because I'm call, I'm I'm, I'm going to shout out Tyler again. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> Trinity North. Trinity North. Uh, <laughs> plumbing and heating. But the furnace light goes out and there's, a, there's an issue that I couldn't resolve. And Yes. I texted him on the weekend. I'm like, don't don't respond to this on the weekend. This is for a Monday. Like, I am just almost sending it like, yeah, not an issue. Don't come. Because I know like, yep. you know, for those who have a skill, whether you cut hair or fix cars and, you know, you get home from work and your family calls you all evening wanting their car fixed. And funny enough how some mechanics have like, the worst looking car because they just don't have time, time for to, themselves. Yeah, totally. It's very similar. And I think that there's just this appreciation that must or this... Yeah, an appreciation that must happen for the fact that ministry happens yeah. outside of schedule, outside of normal operating hours, so to yeah. speak. And there's just a weight to that. And I think part of that weight is around, you know, you're with them through the, the highest times, the lowest times, everything in between, always. And there's this extra layer of complexity when you are sorting through developing friendships and knowing boundaries and and not wanting to assume and wanting to be mindful and prayerful of the the church body and yeah um you know that was revealed to me and i really appreciated uh joining the elders just about a year and a half ago where the first half hour 45 minutes is really this reflection of church needs and this kind of bringing to the table of right interactions or relationships for the purpose of prayer and it's so intentional but heavy also because um you know just every corner of the church um there's joyous victory and 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 harsh reality at the same time and it's just balance that gets heavy after a while yeah so yeah i think that's that's some of the reasons why uh pastors take sabbaticals because it's i mean it's just it's a hard job and there's lots of heavy stuff hard, not in the sense of like physically. I mean, I sit at a desk, <laughs> sure, but like the emotional and spiritual, uh, and mental drain, uh, yeah, it's after a while. So even people have asked like, are you excited for your sabbatical? And it's like, uh, yes, very much. So, uh, I told Molly, I'm not, uh, I'm not burnt out. Because burnout is different. I think burnout you become you can become really cynical sure. and you actually hate your job or it's yeah. like you dread going. I'm not there, but I told Molly like I'm tired. I I can just feel it. I'm like I'm ex- very excited to just like totally disconnect from responsibilities and just focus on our family and my yeah. own spiritual health and things like that. So, you know, if you'd asked me a year ago, I'd have been like. No sabbaticals for, you know, weak guys who can't handle it. And I think that's just a dumb attitude to have because it's it's good. So that's some of the reasons why. Now, the other response I've gotten from actually quite a few people when I was like, yeah, I'm going to sabbatical. It's like, no. Right. Well, you're just going to resign when you get back. Like, it's that idea of like sabbaticals, the next step. It's like, um, you know, separation is the next, is just the next step before you get divorced. I feel like people have that in their minds. So I've had to like reassure people like, no, the whole point of a sabbatical is so that I don't quit. (laughs) 
but and even like the church like i've actually there's a in the in their sabbatical policy um I, I, I have to stay on for at least a year. So there you go. You at least get one more year. <laughs> no, I'm right. just kidding. But there's that expectation because some yeah. pastors might say, like, I'm going to take a four-month sabbatical and then resign when I get back. Thanks right. for the four months. So there's this expectation that I will give at least one more year or pay back yep. my salary from those four months, which is totally fair. Yep. But I've told people, like, the whole point is that my family and I go away and we rest and I work on my own spiritual health and my family's health. And then I come back in September, like ready to go for the next seven, eight, nine, ten mm-hmm. years. Like that's the, the purpose. Yeah. But I've like had people come in and close my office door and be like, be honest. <laughs> Are you looking at other churches while you're gone? I'm like, no, right. I, I have no desire to do that. Okay. Right. So I don't know if there's just this, like this fear of like, Andrew's going to get this taste of freedom from us and never come back. I'm like, no, the whole point is one that like we rest. I think the other positive of a sabbatical is that the church realizes that like, oh, we have people here who can do stuff. Like it doesn't rise and fall on me. Like we have, I think we have seven or eight different preachers lined up for the summer Mm -hmm. who are going to do a great job. But I think naturally some folks, they ascribe as much as you've tried and you've uh, pointed out, they, they kind of like, I follow Andrew. There could, <laughs> there, uh, you know, I, I'm guessing maybe, maybe even stretching a tiny bit, but there could be that. Sure. And I have heard on a Sunday morning from one person in the foyer, like, oh, it's going to be hard not to have that style of preaching. Sure. And I can appreciate that. Um, but what's interesting in the, in the past, you know, five, six years that we've been here, it's like when you're not there, it's almost like, maybe I tune in a tiny bit more, like just because <laughs> no, no, just because <laughs> the nature and the style to which you speak, like I kind of, you know, you, you feel it. Right. Well, and so yeah. then when, you know, when Graham went up there, for example, it's like, Oh, that's interesting. Like it's different. Right. So there's yeah. almost this like focus. That's just a little bit different. Totally. So I think that it will be interesting over the next few months to see. Um, and, and it'll, it's it could be awkward because it'll correlate with summer, you know, the exodus yes, in the I north where, yeah. where, you know, historically we see numbers. When you left, attendance tanked. No. Yeah, well, July yeah. happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, priorities became skewed. Uh, did I say that out loud? See, in September, we're going camping. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's interesting because I think it'll be a good opportunity for those who come to church to be reminded that... Um, this community and the uh, the reason why we gather is not to um, idolize an individual sure, or yes. to uh, become so familiar or accustomed to the way one person shares the gospel. Yep. So I think that that's also healthy. Oh yeah, totally. And I was just thinking about as you you know we're talking about that pre burnout. You know, I remember being in that phase, and it had been twelve years at that time, and it wow. was. Um, it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks because I was sitting at home and eating dinner and Natalia, who might have been um, six at the time, we had a dad-daughter night planned and uh, uh. phone rings and I ignore it and it rings again and I walk over and I'm like, Kate, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have to go and, and deal with that. It was beginning of COVID challenges in, uh. in the, the vulnerable community and Natalia was so disappointed when I went back to the table. I'm like, oh, uh, 
I have to leave. And she just looks me square in the eyes and says, you love your work more than you love us. Oh, man. And it was like gut punch. Um, I felt angry in the moment, like almost towards my six-year-old. Like, you love to eat and do sports. And like, this is how I create money for our home. Yeah. Was my first response. And then that's when I knew that, um, okay, there's a, there's a rebalance that needs to happen huh. right now because that's a really bad response for me as a first reaction to um, a child when I was almost frustrated that don't you realize that I'm ha- going to help these people? Yeah, wow. But then there's a little bit of savior complex that happens there. Like why am I the one that has yeah. to do that? And so it just it created this season, which is actually super brief. Um, like two months later... I'm in a a meeting and I meet someone for the first time at the city. He was new in town. And I remember that night and we had talked about Salvation Army and I just shot a text saying like, oh, um, local government seems interesting. That was on a Friday night. Yeah. Tuesday, had a meeting. One month later, job offer, leave ministry after 12 years to go to a job that allowed for an 830 to 430 existence. Um, You know, we'll look after you. It's just different, right? Like secular uh, place. We'll make sure that you have enough time away to to be healthy. We'll make sure that you're paid properly and that after 4.30, we respect your time. And it was super interesting because I remember mm. like, oh, wait, this is not Christian ministry yet. They're so mindful of my yep. mental health, physical health, and time with family. And I didn't experience that in ministry, which I thought was challenging. And it honestly, it wasn't that anything was wrong with the model. It's like, I think I let myself be a slave to the model almost where I didn't allow myself to know when, uh, to not respond because you just get into this pattern of like, Oh, they called, I need to respond. Yep. And so, um, I would be the first person to, to encourage anyone that like, you know, if, if, (laughs) <laughs> throughout scripture we can see examples of god not needing to use you oh, for totally. for ministry and so there's that check that needs to to, yep. to exist but yeah. also um you know one thing that was shocking to me is that someone had said during that time you know how does it feel leaving christian ministry and i remember reflecting saying like, i don't think i am yeah like i'm going to a space where um you know the gospel still needs to be preached it's going to look different yep but it's quite fulfilling also and so I think that had I um, done a better job or maybe had uh, support models were different, that it would have been a better reflection maybe in year seven or eight rather than waiting till almost a decade and a half of like allowing myself to be overcome by all this need. So that was that flooded to memory, you know, when you you were considering that. And I'm thinking like, gee, after COVID and everything that, you know, 13 new policies every week and and, uh, (laughs) then... navigating folks on every spec on every point of the spectrum of, of yeah, yeah. thought um, yep. it's tiring so i think for your family for the girls for oliver like to go and get dad back for a little bit yeah and to allow that time where you're able to dream about what church can be and how you fit into ministry i think is is very healthy yeah and actually for those concerned about the metrics like it actually will produce a healthier yeah, totally. uh, employee of the church that actually has more longevity and that's why the hr world is looking at uh, tons of models and COVID actually did something really great to that it allowed people to realize like wow we have to be pliable we have to be huh. mindful yeah. of an employee's 
capacity in their mental health and so like yeah flex days and personal days and like yeah a lot of organizations are leaning towards like okay we appreciate you can actually do your job throughout today and maybe hit the dentist and the no frills at the same time yes you know right. what i mean like yeah are you responsive to calls are you available are you mindful um so there's a whole movement of like are we gonna go to four-day work weeks and you know right. uh, flex, uh you know fortnight time you know every second friday off so the world is moving like that so i think that you know if if the most secular um branch of, of work found out that you were having this time they yep that makes sense like if you want yeah something sure more out of the guy like <laughs> if you, <laughs> you want to run him good for another seven years you're gonna need to uh, give him a little break right uh yeah any farmer knows that they're not pushing that ox <laughs> every day <laughs> Oh man, that's good. Yeah, so I think that might be good. So why don't you just finish off by saying like what are you doing? Yeah, so that's a good question. As I've t- I've as I began kind of thinking through uh what is this what would this sabbatical look like? I talked with a few people, a pastor friend of mine who had just done a sabbatical and one of our missionaries actually who I knew had taken a sabbatical previously cuz I had to write up a sabbatical proposal 6 months before I uh, went on sabbatical. So that was like November this fall. I was like, okay, I got to think of something. So it was last summer. And uh, some of the things that were said to me is like, okay, there's usually two types of sabbaticals uh, for pastors. One is kind of just strictly we're going to rest. And one is uh, like education. I want to go and, you know, take some schooling and start towards another degree or whatever. So most of the people I talked to was like, usually you got to pick one or the other or maybe some kind of like hybrid. Mm-hmm. So then it was kind of like, okay, well, what am I feeling like we need in this season? Um, I'm like, I have, I really have no desire to go start another degree of, mm-hmm. you know, I can go get a, a, a doctorate degree. And then I'm like, well, I can get a few courses in and then how am I going to do it here by distance ed and I don't have money to pay for a doctorate degree and just no real desire for that. And so, and just, yeah, after coming through COVID and it was just kind of like, I feel like we just need a rest. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so for the month of May, we're still in town cause our kids will be in school. Um, and you know what? It's funny already. I've had two different people are like, so I know you're on sabbatical, but you're here for May. So is there any chance you could come to this thing that we're doing? I'm like, no. And it's funny because it's like, well, but it's just like, it won't be very long. And I'm like, no. So it's already, it's hilarious. Sure. Like this idea of like, yeah, I know you're on sabbatical, but like, it's just one night. Could you come to this thing? And I'm like, right. no, but I can already feel the like, I had a couple who was like, we're getting married in May any way you could do the wedding i'm like no don can <laughs> yeah. yeah but already the heartstrings of like uh I, I i could right so we're staying uh for may and the idea is um uh to have that just be a time of like i'm just going to read some books i've wanted to read i'm going to go golf uh there's a few house renos that we have around the house that i'm going to try and like do and have it as a time of like, as I've talked to people, they're like, you'll, you won't believe it takes a month for you to like yeah, de- decompress, decompress yeah. and then you won't know how to rest. And that's one of the things that I'm excited for May is my wife will tell you, I don't know how to like stop. Mm-hmm. I just keep going and going and going. And when I, when I get home, I just, 
So just to have a month of like, you actually have no responsibilities for today. Like, right. so, and then June 2nd, we're actually leaving. We're leaving town, uh, for three months. We're going down to the States and we're basically like slowly making our, our way down through the States to get eventually to San Diego where we have a house lined up for the month of July for free, which is amazing. Again, another huge blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, this missions organization where people who have extra houses are like, uh, pastors and missionaries can stay. So we have a place near San Diego lined up. Uh, but we're just literally, I told Molly, I don't want to drive more than six hours a day. That's my just chill. Yeah. So like, we're going to drive to Edmonton the first day and stay in Edmonton for a night and then drive to Lethbridge. And then there's this cabin in Montana that we found on Airbnb that we're going to stay for a couple days. Mm. And it's literally in the the middle of nowhere. There's no Wi-Fi. There's no cell phone reception. It's just a cabin. So I'm like, cool, that'll be fun for the kids to survive in a cabin. (laughs) (laughs) And then we're going to like drive to Mount Rushmore because Mount Rushmore was only five hours away from Mm. Montana and spend a night there and let the kids see this mountain that they yeah. stole from the native people <laughs> i'm sorry i had to say that <laughs> i didn't realize there was all this controversy around mount rushmore and then we're gonna drive to yellowstone and see old faithful because yeah, yeah. and then go visit molly's family uh in idaho and then just kind of slowly make our way down and and then on the way home we're doing the same thing just we're gonna stop at the Grand Canyon for a night so the kids can see that. And we're do you have any concern about being around the in-laws so long, having not been immersed in ministry before and immediately after? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> do you think patience. Well, I did. I did tell my family. So another thing I'm excited about is uh, because we live here, every day of vacation we have is always spent with. Well, we have to go see our family. Right. So, and that sounds bad. We love our families. Sure. But seeing, going, driving to visit family is not a vacation. It's right. just not. Like, you sleep on the floor. You're just, it's, yeah, yeah. it is what it is. So, it was funny. I told Molly when we first started talking about sabbatical, I'm like, we are not, like, we're giving your family a week. Sure. Because we love them. It's going to be great. But I said, I know for a fact, if we're like, let's go spend a month with either of our families, it's not going to be restful. Yeah. It just isn't. So uh, I'm actually quite excited because for eight and a half years, every day of my vacation time has been, well, we we probably should. We should go drive and do the loop and see all our family. And it's great, but it's not restful. So yeah, so yeah we're going to kind of drive our way back up in August and then uh, drop the kids off with Molly's parents and go somewhere, just Molly and me, awesome. uh, to have maybe a week of just us. Mm-hmm. and then drive back up. And the plan is we'll be back in town the last week of August because I need to just basically check in with the the other staff and say how did the summer go, any fires we need to put sure. out or what happened, and then just kind of get ready for, okay, September, whatever it is, 9th this year is our fall kickoff. Uh, here's a little plug. We're doing the chili cook-off again. We, nice. So just kind of like uh, I think I'm preaching September 3rd. That'll be my first Sunday back, but that you'll have some new pineapple weird chili recipe from Southern California. Yeah, and I'll yeah. be wearing Hawaiian shirts and be like, "Hey guys, what's up? I'm back. I'm so rested." <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and then actually, I'm quite excited with our month in San Diego. I've already been looking at. I actually want to find a church that we can go to for those four weeks in a row, right. and just like 
it's been forever since I've actually just gone to church because right. I've even like, as we've traveled, my dad's a pastor. So we're going to go visit you. Oh, great. Can you preach that Sunday? Cause I need a Sunday off. I'm like, <laughs> sure. Right. right. So I'm actually excited to like, just be a, a someone who attends a, a church. It'll be actually really a neat experience. Cause it's been probably nine years. You can sit in the back and cross your arms. And yeah. Leave. Yeah. And then look at the sound booth and go, turn it down. It's too loud. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> Do those fans work? And then leave during the final prayer. Like, <laughs> Come in late with your Starbucks. Yes. Yes. That's right. So anyways, uh, lots of, of traveling. Uh, for the I should say, for the month that we're in San Diego, there's a few. There's at least one course that I'm going to take through the Dallas Theological Seminary. But it's one of those. It's basically you're auditing a course. Right. They yep. said, here's all the course material. So there's one on leadership development that I'm super interested in through, uh, yeah, Dallas Theological Seminary. So the idea is for July is that in the mornings, because I wake up early anyways, I'll just, you know, go to a coffee shop, do my coursework, and then by lunch, you know, those first four hours of the day, I'm just kind of doing personal study and mm -hmm. uh, personal development and then coming home and kind of spending the afternoon with the kids and Molly. At Disneyland. At Disney, yeah, we'll just uh, zip up to Disney, yeah, right. <laughs> so that's the plan. It's very much a a rest heavy sabbatical mm -hmm. with kind of during that month of July to just do a little bit of uh, coursework and stuff that I'm not doing for sermon prep. It's just kind of like just yeah. learning for the sake of learning. So yep. that's the plan, and I'm actually quite excited for those three months to be in a different country because I my phone will be off, <laughs> right. Because I know for a fact, it's funny already, you know, you're here for May. Why don't you just... Uh, Seems so easy. Yeah. Just come on out to the church for that one night event that we're doing. So I know me that uh, if I if we stayed here the whole time, it would just be too easy to be like, yeah. well, hey, this thing happened. Could you just zip up to the church real fast? Sure. And it sounds heartless, but I'm like, no, I just can't. Like, so, uh, And I can appreciate it would be even more complex you know, with death of families. And oh, then, totally. You know, yeah. A funeral that needed to happen. So, yep. um, the church will be well resourced oh, totally. with the current staff, uh, complement. And of course, yeah. Uh, those who have volunteered to speak and to, to lead Sundays. Uh, yeah. Um, so that's a good uh, way to end that if you do, uh, lots of you have my cell phone number. If you text me and I don't respond, it's nothing personal. <laughs> right. I'm actually turning off, uh, you can create like a little focus group in your cell phone. So that only certain numbers can get through. So that's right. what I'm doing. So if you do text me and you're like, what a jerk, he's not texting me back. It's not personal. I'm not yep. texting anybody back. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and I, I, if you, if there is some kind of like crazy emer emergency, like, you know, Carl's number and Cameron's number, all the elders numbers are on the website and in the bulletin. And Don Bandman is uh, our other pastor here. And yep. Lots of people you can reach out to. So, hundred percent, yeah. There you go. Episode one eleven, the last episode for four months. And uh, thanks for tuning in. And like I said, yeah, you won't see new episodes from us for a while. But come September, we'll fire it back up. And hopefully, Corland is still with us. And <laughs> that's so mean. <laughs> All right, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll talk to you in September.